Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Good evening, church family. It's good to see you all here this evening. I'm so glad you came out. Um, I'm so glad I get to spend this next um, few minutes sharing what's on my heart. And um, I believe we're going to have a blessed time this evening. Amen. Um, I'm going to continue on with um, the message I started, I believe, two Wednesdays ago. And it was titled, Check Your Ground. And we spoke about um, making sure your heart was ready to receive the word of God. So um, if you just bear with me for like five minutes, I'm just going to do a quick recap of what we covered the first night, just so everybody's on the same page. Um, and um, oh, when I refer to the ground, uh, like I, what I mean is your heart. So it's like when the seed, which is the word of God, is sown, it falls. We took it from the Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8, which is the parable of the sower. And um, we'll be, I'll be, well, I'm mainly in Mark chapter 4, but I'll be going into the other two as well. But um, it's about the seed, which is the word of God, falling on the ground, which is your heart. And what type of hearer are you? And um, we discussed um, what condition we, I said about maybe going away and having we think about it and just even just spending time with God and, and really checking what condition is your heart in? Um, is your heart ready to receive the word? Is it free from all that other junk that will stifle the word? Is there room enough? Is there roots there? And is those roots the word of God? And is there room then for the word to take, to take root if, it, if it's not? Um, we talked about what it means to cultivate, which is to prepare, to foster the growth of, or to improve by care, labor, and study. And it is our job to cultivate our our heart. It is our job to get our ground ready to receive the word of God. It's nobody else's job. So if you don't prepare your heart to receive the word, it it won't fall. It'll just fall fall on that stony ground, on that hard ground, and the seeds won't won't be sown. Um, We spoke about why he used parables when he taught. And it was, you know, for those who wanted to seek after him, for those who wanted to press in more. And it's the same today. Like, it's like, are, will you be content with the surface sort of this? You only know so much, but you want to, are you going to really take that step to dive in deeper, to press into him, to know more about God? Because I tell you that, when you do that, God will start revealing things to you that you might never have heard before or about parts of the word that you've read a hundred times or you've heard spoken about a hundred times. But until you start like, pressing into God, going after, those, going after that word for you, making it personal to you, that's, when, that's where it's going to start making a change in your life and bearing fruit. Um, we, we talked about how you know, it, should be our, it should be our goal to become the sower. Like that's what we are meant to do. We're supposed to sow the word. We're supposed to spread the gospel to the people around us, to the world around us. But before we can become the sower, we must first become the fertile soil. Because unless you have the word rooted in your heart, unless you have those, unless you are 100% sure on the principles of the word and nobody can knock you off them, how could you give it to somebody else? How can you um, give what you don't have? 
and we talked about how, how you need to become the soil before you can become the sower. Everything should be going in so you can pour it back out. You often hear that spoken about here too. Um, we get fed so we can feed the people around us. Uh, you'll often hear me say throughout this, the last night and maybe this evening as well, have ears to hear. And because Jesus puts it at the, at the very end of the parable when he speaks about let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And it's not just your physical ears, but it's your spiritual ears. And we talked about how it's important not to let like, us to get spiritually deaf till we start hearing from God. We come into church and you sit there and you hear the word and yes, it sparks joy, it does the, but like, are you, what are you doing with what you're hearing? Is it really sinking into your spirit or is it something that you're gonna forget about an hour later or the next week? And um, it's important to make sure that you have ears to hear. Um, in Mark chapter four, in verse 13, Jesus placed the importance on, on this parable when they were saying, when they asked Jesus for, what does this mean? Like they knew it had some sort of spiritual like, thing to it, but they didn't know what it was. And they asked Jesus, what, is, like, what does this parable mean? And he was like, do you not, if you don't understand this parable, you'll understand nothing else. And it was, Jesus was placing the importance on the word and how important it is to get sown in your life. That is our foundation. If we're not, if we can hear the word and let it plant roots in our heart, we won't bear fruit. If we don't bear fruit, we can't reach the people around us. Um, the seed is the word. I think I've already said that, but the seed is the word. The problem is never the seed. We talked about that the last time. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 that it is, our, our, it is this. The word of God is seed. It's not corruptible. It cannot be. It's the word of God does not change. It will last forever. The problem is not the seed. Sometimes when, you know, people hear the word and they they let it plant in their heart and then they don't give it time to grow. They don't t- t- uh, give it time to put down those roots. And straight away, a week later, a month later, you know, or however long it may be, there's no time limits on certain things, but it takes time for those roots to go down. And sometimes people don't give that time. And it's like they, they wait a few weeks and if what, what they were standing for isn't there, it, it hasn't came, they're like, oh, that didn't work. That, you know, I tried that before, it's not working. That seed. No, the problem is never the seed. The problem is the ground it's planted in. And that's what the problem is. So that's why we need to check our ground, make sure that it is ready to receive the word. Make sure there's room for the word to plant and grow. Um, We spoke about the seed has the life in it. Our faith in that seed is what activates the power. And it's like when when you let that seed plant in your heart, you then have to apply your faith to know it's going to produce the fruit. It's going to do what, it's, what it says it's going to do. Um, what's our part? Our part, like I said, is to prepare the ground. Cultivate your ground. I think Paul even spoke about it a wee bit on Sunday. Cultivate a desire for God. If you don't have a desire to seek after him, you'll only ever hear so much. You'll only ever go so far. You have to press into him. You have to seek, in, seek after him. And you have to get to a place where the word been spoken becomes real to you personal to you. If we don't see that fruit, we need to check our ground. We spoke about, we covered just about, I think we got to the end of um, ground number one. Um, let me just go to the Mark chapter four. Um, and I read from, cha- from verse 14 here. The sower sows the word and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes and takes the word that was sown in their hearts straight away. 
These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. When tribulation or persecution comes for the word's sake, immediately they will stumble. Now these are the ones sown among among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the desires for those things enter in to choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit some 30, some 60 and some 100 fold. And we got to the end of ground number one and it was... uh, when Jesus said that was him explaining what the parable of the sower meant but in the first time when he spoke it to the crowds he was saying the uh, you know the birds of the air come and steal the seed as soon as it's planted it's on hard ground it's on the wayside there's no, it's compressed ground there's nothing there for the seed to fall on so it just sits on top of the ground those people aren't willing to hear the word of God and Satan comes to steal it straight away we, t- we talked about that we talked about that how if you don't know if you hear the word been spoken and you don't understand it, it, it it's not going to do anything in your life. You have to understand it. The understanding is, comes from the inside through a relationship with him. And it is the doorway for the word to get into our heart. It becomes revelation knowledge when the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. Um, and that's where we need to get to. We spoke about what it meant by, uh, by the wayside, which is out of consideration, the ground is hard. We spoke about... Um, I think it was the Pharisees, yeah, was a good example of that type of ground. They had no interest in learning, you know, what he had to say. It was like the more he taught, the more he healed people around him, the more mad they got at him. They were just closed off to everything that, they, that he had to teach. They weren't interested. Um, in one ear and out the other attitude. No desire for the word. And um, that's other ways to describe ground number one. Um, I think I did start off on ground number two um, just before I close last time, but I'll just um, go back there. So it says in Mark chapter four, verse 16 to 17, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, they will receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves. So endure only for a time when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they will stumble. You know, we all have that period or that time when, you know, you hear the word and you might have heard something for the first time and it really ministers to you. It sparks a joy in the inside that I've never heard that before and it just bears witness with you and it's like, wow, how come I've never heard this before? And, you know, a lot of the times it happens when we first get saved, but it's like, you know, it's, the word is spoken and you immediately receive it with gladness. And, You know, you might hear something in the word, you might hear it spoken forth, and you even start to see small growth. You might even start to see something pop through the surface. It brings such joy, just like I spoke on Sunday morning, like the word brings joy in your life. And, but sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves, and we want to see the end result straight away. We want the fruit now. We don't want to wait, we don't want to, like apply our faith. We don't want to stand in the meantime. We want, to, we want the word to be planted and um, we just want to get the fruit the next day. And it doesn't work like that. And sometimes um, that's why people fall away. And, you know, it's the same as if you were to plant a tree from seed form. A lot of the work that's happening at first happens underneath the ground. It's putting down roots. And even though it might sprout up a wee bit above the ground, it, will, it can't grow up too much without putting a strong root system underneath. It's the root system that sustains the tree. And 
That takes time, but you can't see it at first. The roots will continue to grow deeper and further as the tree grows, but it needs some sort of stability in order to sustain the trees. As soon as it pops up through the surface, they, what, what happens outside, the sun scorching it, the wind, everything else, it needs that stability to hold it in place. And if a tree doesn't have enough room to grow roots that are needed to sustain the growth, like I said, it might pop up for a short time, but it'll eventually wither away. It won't last. If it doesn't have a strong root system, it won't, it won't survive. No matter if, we're, if you are a new believer or not, the word will be revealed to you in new ways if you seek him out, if you seek it out, if you press into it. It's like, like I said, it's like you could be hearing the word for 20 years and, but not really hearing it. You come to church and it's like... Um, you hear people say it all the time, oh, yeah, I've been saved for 25 years, I don't really need to come, he's preaching on that, no, I don't really need to hear that, because I've heard that loads of times, I could preach that myself, and it's like, you know, they just don't have a desire for the word, if you have a true desire for the word, you know, you'll you'll want every opportunity to, to come and hear it, you'll want every opportunity to come and let it plant in your heart, and the Holy Spirit will reveal something to you that you might not have seen in it before, and it, I love that. I love that. It's, it's incredible. Like, I've been around church my whole life. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, heard a lot of things been taught. And it's, I am learning more today than I ever learned. And it's because I've got to that place where I'm pressing in. I'm, I want it. If you want it, it's there. The Holy Spirit will just keep peeling it back, layer after layer after layer. You read a verse that you read last month, and you'll read it again, and something pops up, and you're like, I've never seen that before. That's you cultivating that desire for him. It's you getting your ground ready. To, to receive that word. And that's it starting to put down roots. That's the beginning of the process. We can't afford to hear something for the first time, get excited about it and leave it at that. Because I guarantee you, just like I said a few minutes ago, many times we come to church and it's like you hear uh, there's a word been spoken and it's, oh, wow, that was amazing. And then somebody will ask you two days later when you meet them during the week, oh, what was church like? Oh, it was brilliant. Oh, what did they speak on? Eh... Uh, Oh, I actually can't remember. And I've been there. I've done that loads of times myself. And I genuinely liked it there and then. But I didn't, like, you can't afford to come and hear the word, leave it at that, and not do anything with it, not apply it. And that's why you'll hear me say a couple of times through this, meditate on the word. Meditate on it. You could just meditate on one scripture. You're like, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to do this. I work a full-time job. I, I have kids. I have this. Like, you could be meditating on one scripture just over and over and over again in your head and like by the end of that day it's like wow that feels so much more real to me it's like I've you know a brand new verse that I've never read before it's like the Holy Spirit's revealing it to you and it's like you're you're just you're pressing on them you're meditating on that word Where it says in that, uh, in Mark chapter 4, where it sprung up, because it had no depth of earth, that the sun was up, that this is in verse 5, so this is back when he was speaking to the multitude. Excuse me, it says, some fell on stony ground where it did, ha- where it did not have much earth or soil. It, it immediately sprang up because it had no depth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. So if you can picture this type of soil, this type of ground, sorry, it has a thin layer of soil, um, it might look from the outside like you're looking on, like, oh, yeah, it looks good, it looks... But not so far underneath, it's full of rocks. It, there's no depth to it, it's, it's shallow ground. And how many times can we be shallow in that 
everything might look good on the outside and we're all about the outside appearance, but there's no depth to us. There's no character. And the word won't take root. There's no room because the word will start to grow down, try and plant in your heart and go down so far and it's full of rocks. There's no room. The ground hasn't been cultivated. You haven't prepared that place for the, for the word to take root. Just like, like it's, this ground is a bit different than the first ground we spoke of, as in it has some sort of soil at the top. The other ground was like wayside. It was like hard, like out of consideration, out of the way. It just fell. It, there was no desire for the word. There was no sort of um, want for it whatsoever. So it just fell and it just sat packedly on top of the ground and the birds of the air just came and devoured it. it wasn't, there was no soil for it to sink down. This has a, you know, a thin layer of soil. So this person is, you know, received the word with gladness, but only gets so far. They had good seed. The seed was always good, like we spoke about. They were joyful when they heard it. They received it with gladness. They, they received it quickly and, oh, I, I need that. So they're all good things. They, they're things that has to happen anyway. But, so what was wrong? There was no root system there. There was, like I said, there was no room for the word to really go down deep, to really take a hold of your heart, take a hold of, of you. I love how it is put in Luke's gospel. Um, in chapter 8, verse 6. It's put, some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. The root of the plant is what sustains it. The root of whatever it is is what sustains it. Like, that's, what, that's the part that, absorb, that, that will soak up the water, soak up the food. It's the root that sustains it. So if there's no root, like we said, it won't survive. So if you can picture your front garden, and you were going out to water your plants in your garden, and the watering can over them or whatever and the water was dripping all down the top and for some reason it was unable to get below the soil so there was some sort of a layer there or some sort of a thing stopping it from getting underneath so your water in the soil it may look good the water dripping down and it's crisp on a nice summer evening it looks refreshed but if that water is not getting down below that soil that plant, when the sun comes out the next day and then day after day, after a couple of days, even a week, depending on, well, not Irish weather, but depending where you are, if you get a good couple of days of sun, it's not going to last that long. It'll scorch because it lacks moisture. The water's not getting up through the root. There's no point watering at the top. On the outside, it has to get up through the root. So if it doesn't have a good root system, how will it absorb any moisture? I like to look at it like this. Um, I, we have a, a co-gardener, so to speak. Who is our source of moisture? Who is that river of life flowing out of us? It's the Holy Spirit. You know, if you cultivate your heart and get it ready to receive the word, if you cultivate your heart and get it ready to put down roots in your heart, the Holy Spirit will continue to water that word by revealing it in new ways to you, revealing it in different making it personal to you making it real to you he's just like he's watering that word and but notice that he can't do that unless you have the desire he can't do that unless you get that heart ready until you cultivate your ground first that's our part we need to do that first if we are to, if we are too shallow full of rocks and that junk we will not have deep enough roots to be able to draw 
what we need in order to grow and produce fruit. We've left no room for the Holy Spirit to be able to water our soil or water the word in our lives. If we lack depth, just like this person, like ground number two, we won't be able to receive much from God or bear fruit. We must not allow ourselves to be shallow and want the end result straight away. We must allow for that time in between. You know, an example of this type of ground would have been, you know, the type of people back in the day. And I I love how Jesus taught, like he just, when you read all of the gospels and how he taught, he was just moved with compassion everywhere he went. But I'm sure there was people in those multitudes that were going, oh, did you hear what that guy did last week? He healed the guy that was lying on the ground, couldn't walk from his mother's womb, and he's in his 30s. He never walked in his life. Jesus healed him. We need to go. And you might have, they might have had somebody that they knew that needed healing or whatever, and they would have went and followed Jesus wherever he went. But they wanted what he could give them, yes, but they had no interest in listening to him. And it was like, he spoke out in those parables because he was like, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Are you here because you want the end result or are you here because you really want to seek after me? Do you want to truly be one of my disciples? Do you truly want to be like following me? And we can allow ourselves to get shallow that we want the fruit at the end, but we don't want to put the work in in between. Um. There's a few questions. Is there room for the word to take root in your heart? Are there too many rocks in there? Are you all about the outside look and that appearance or the end result? Have you left enough time for the root system to establish? Many times people don't. And then they wonder why things aren't working out like the way they thought they would. They're they're wondering why the things aren't working out the way, oh, my friend that invited me to church said that if I came to church and, you know, this... God will change my life. Yes, he will. And you will feel that change. If you give your life to the Lord, you will feel that change straight away. You will feel that it's just like your whole life has changed on the inside and that will begin to bear fruit, but you need to give it time. You need to plant yourself in your local church. You need to hear the word. You need to let it take roots in your life and not just want the end result. Notice how Jesus said they have no root in themselves. You can't live off somebody else's revelation of the word. It won't bear fruit in your life. You know, God gave us local church to come and hear the word. And yes, it's, it, that's great. And, you know, we need to learn the word. We need to learn the word from those who have been in the word longer than us. And, um, but unless you take that word and seek it out, unless you take that word and start applying it to your own life and testing it out by faith. You, applying your faith to the word, to those principles, it won't bear fruit in your life. You can't live off somebody else's revelation of the word. You can't expect to be spoon-fed the whole time and just, oh, feed me the word, feed me the word. But when I leave here, I don't really want to do anything. I don't, want, I don't spend any time, alone time with God. I don't take what I hear on, in church maybe that spoke to me and take it to God and be like, God, what, like, this is, like, pulling on me on the inside, and, like, what is it that you're trying to tell me here? And you start to talk to God about it, and he just reveals things to you that, you know, will blow your mind, that you've never heard before, and that's it becoming personal to you. That's when it drops down into your spirit. That's when it starts to take root in your heart. But, again, it comes after that seeking after him. Be 
because Pastor Ryan uh, shared something last Wednesday night, and it was the title of the message was um, "Take a Second Look," and you know um, that word really spoke to me. And that, so that there's an example of the word the word going forth, right? And I heard that word, and I was like, "Oh wow, I never looked at it like that." Like I have read that chapter so many times in John chapter twenty, and it, and it was how you know when they went to the tomb, and it was like. The, the boys just walked away and just took it. At, oh, yeah, well, he, he's not there. Right, okay, come on. But Mary stayed. And it's, it starts then in the next part that she stayed, she stood outside and wept and looked in again. And it was like, I've read that so many times and I haven't seen that before. And it's like, but I had two choices there. I could have heard that word and be like, oh, wow, I've never heard that before. And just been like, oh, that was good. But I guarantee you, if I had left it at that, I would have forgot about it by probably now or in a couple of weeks' time, say. But then that next day, you know, in my time with God too, like I took that verse out and I started reading it again and reading it again and reading it again. And I meditated on it even that night when I'm home. I just meditated on that, you know, about taking a second look. And it, it's just, it was like, it just began to just minister to me more and more. And it was like, yes, he spoke that word forth, but I then meditated on it. I then went and studied it out. I went and prayed about it. I spoke to God about it. And I was like, that's when it started to become real to me. And that's, it becomes my revelation. And that's when it starts to bear fruit. Because you can teach, you can stand, you can sit there or sit wherever church you go to or at home or whatever that you are and put it in, in your ears, somebody speaking on faith. And it's a word of faith sort of message and it's, you know, it's powerful and it's this. And you can let it go in and in and in and in. But unless you take those principles and start applying them to your life, you won't see the fruit of them. You can't just be a hearer, be a doer. You know, if you've got, like if you have a row of trees planted together, right? They're, they're all on the same ground using the same soil. But they all have their individual root. One tree is not dependent on this tree next to it for its sustenance. It all has its individual root. It all has to take it for themselves. This tree is not dependent on this tree. I'm not dependent on pastor to feed me all the time and to get me to a certain place. Yes, those people are placed in your life to help you along the way and to minister into your life, but they're not there to drag you to where you need to go. You need to do that yourself. You need to have a desire for God and seek after him. Look into, take what you're hearing and go study it out. If it's something that's speaking to you, meditate on it. Keep replaying it in your mind over and over and over again. You're like, I don't know how to study. I don't know how to do those things. Like all you're doing is repeating it to yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. And he'll start showing you things. Was I always like this? No, I used to be like this type of ground as well. I used to, it's a, it's a process, it's learning, it's a journey. And it's like, I used to come and hear things, yes, and even growing up as a kid, I used to hear things and some stuff, yeah, like, you know, I learned in Sunday school and kids clubs and stuff and Bible stories that have stuck with me and stuff. And, but it's like, until I started going and reading them for myself, getting, applying them in my own life, in my own life, exercising my faith with the principles that I heard go forth, that the word I heard going forth, that's where it started to change my life. That's where I started to stand on it. And that's why 
I've got a root system planted now that nobody can tell me that those things aren't what they are. They are real to me. I'm not like you can hear the word for a year, say, of somebody else. And it's like, you know the scripture, you can memorize a few scriptures, you can say them. But as soon as something comes in your life, a trial or a test to really test you, unless you're planted, unless you've tested those out for yourself, proved them out for yourself, you'll, very be, you'll be easily shaken. You'll easily stumble. Um, in verse 17, it says, they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. If we're not careful, folks, we can very easily go backwards and fail to produce any long-lasting fruit. The word has power. It changes people, but they have to want it. They have to accept it and allow it to change their lives. When you start, like I said there a minute ago, when you start standing on the word, when you start taking what you hear and standing on applying those principles, when you start sharing the word, sharing the good news of the gospel to the people around you, to your family members, to like persecution and tribulation will come. And unless you are sure about what you're telling people, unless you're sure about what you're standing on, you'll stumble. Jesus says it. It says in um, Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. In verse 22, it says, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. In John chapter 15, verse 20, it says, If they persecuted me, as in if they persecuted Jesus, they will persecute you also. He told us that. Do you think Peter and Paul and the early church were loved everywhere they went? <laughs> like, on, quite, quite the contrary. A lot of people hated them. A lot of people wanted their lives, like, taken from them because they were persecuted. They were constantly being persecuted because the word they preached, and they preached it without compromise. You say, I want to get to that place. You need to let, allow the word get rooted in your heart. You have to get that revelation for yourself, like we spoke about. Otherwise, when persecution comes on account of the word that you're standing on, when persecution comes on, a, on account of the word that you preach, you will stumble, just like Jesus said, if, you're not, if you don't have your roots. If you have that, that unshakable conviction about what the word says, you will not stumble, you will endure. We need to make sure the ground's not stony. There's room in there, a depth in there for the roots of God's word to take root in our lives. Where is the root? It's below the surface. Don't lose heart. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't lose heart. Don't give up at the first hurdle. Keep pressing and allow those words, allow that word to take root in your life and it, it, it will start to bear fruit. Um, if we look at the third type of ground that Jesus was teaching about, it was like the crowded heart, we call it. <laughs> Mark chapter 4, in verse 18 to 19. Now, these are, the one, these are the ones sown with thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in to choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, in the Passion, it says, The seed, sung among, the seed sown forgive me, among weeds represents the person who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions... 
His divided heart and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent him from bearing spiritual fruit. When I see that, when I think of this type of ground, I can see like it going a bit further than the first two types of ground. Uh, the person heard the word, let a plant in their heart, and it began to grow up. It, they were starting to put down roots underneath, and the fruit, like, were starting to show. Getting that foundation correct so they would be able to produce fruit in the future. They weren't able to produce long term fruit, but they were going in the right direction. It starts to get choked, it only gets so far. There's other things in there begin to crowd the word, crowd the ground of their heart, and it leaves little room for the word to flourish. Like I said in that, in that description in the Passion, it says, all of life's busy distractions suffocate the word. How many times have we found ourselves at some stage in our life going 90 miles an hour every day and we, we leave ourselves with very little time? We get so busy with everything that's happening around us and we may have a good heart in it. And this could even be um, busy in your local church, involved in ministries. And yes, God wants us involved in those things. It's his culture. He wants us to be involved in those things. But it shouldn't replace your intimacy with him. It shouldn't replace your quiet time. It shouldn't be like, I'm that busy. I'm in church five nights a week. Or even if it's not church, but if it's whatever you're doing and you're working a full-time job and you have kids and you have a family, like it's, it's tough. And... Let me tell you something. If the enemy can't get you to doubt the word, if that word, if that word has started to root in your life and you start to know better, if he can't get you to doubt the word, he'll try and keep you busy. He'll try and keep you busy from continuing to hear the word and he'll try and keep you uh, from applying it. And that's where a lot of people stumble. It becomes a lifestyle to go go, 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 and people don't even realise things start to take a back seat. And what we don't need to take a back seat is taking that time to meditate on the word, taking that time for it to really plant in our hearts, to take roots, to really, really take hold of us. We need to prioritise what we see as most important. Not as we see as most important, but we need to prioritise because some people might see other things as important, but we need to prioritize our time with him. We need to prioritize that, that one-on-one time. It doesn't have to be something that we are doing that is really wrong. It could be something that we're not doing, and that's, like I said, spending time with him, really you know, taking that time, taking those opportunities to hear the word when we can, keeping it, looking after it, keeping that seed watered, keeping it always in front of you, Don't get so busy that you leave no time to seek him. Don't just leave him with a few nights during the week to go to church. Too busy with everything else. It causes weeds to be planted in your heart. You know, you can hear the word begin to take root and plant in your heart and you could get distracted with other things. It doesn't mean that we don't love the word. It doesn't mean that this particular person might not love the word or wants it. It just... You know, or it doesn't excite you, but you're allowing yourself to get sidetracked. It will prevent you from bearing that long-term fruit. There's only so much room in your ground, in the garden of your heart. And what I mean is there's endless room for the word to take root. There's endless room for God to continue to reveal things to you in the word, but there's no room for that and 
all the other weeds and all the other distractions and all the other junk because that will want to choke the word. That will want to uproot it from you, get you sidetracked. When we start to see these weeds or thorns growing in our garden, we need to pull them out. We need to check our ground and make sure we are free from these weeds that may affect the word from producing. You know, personally, I was at this stage for a long time. You know, I, I was, you know, involved in this, involved in that, involved in this ministry and that ministry. And, you know, I thought that was my good deed. I thought that was me doing good. I thought that was me serving God. And in a way it was. I was in church. I was always around the, the things of God. I've never fallen away from those things. But I was, I lacked that intimacy with him. I lacked that quiet time. And I may have heard the word going forth all those times, but not all of it was really becoming real to me. I was living off, you know, my dad's revelation, my mom's revelation, you know, my pastor's revelation. I was living off different things and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And it's only when, you know, I heard somebody say, give this example before, about, you know, if you take a fruit like an orange and squeeze it, what's, what's going to come out is what's inside. And when life sometimes can put a squeeze on you, what you put in is what's going to come out. And not what your neighbor's putting in, what your parents are putting in, what your best friend that took you to church is putting in, what your pastor's putting in, what you're putting in. It's not what they're putting in themselves isn't going to come out of you. It needs to become real to you. It needs to become personal to you. The devil will try anything to stop the effects of the word taking hold and bearing fruit in your life. He's most effective at step one when the word hasn't even got a chance to get into the ground. When the word takes root, he can't pull it out. He's no power to do that. That is why he tries to steal it before it gets planted. Through your lack of understanding or whatever it may be. If this doesn't work and you start to grow up in the things of God and to mature in him, when you start getting led by that by the Spirit and really start seeking after him. He will try his utmost to put some weeds and, thor- weeds and thorns here and there to try and maybe get you to compromise here or maybe don't do this tonight. You're, you're tired. You're, you know, you've been doing this for so long and you've been doing this for weeks and you know, you're, 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 you're go, go, go. Why don't you do it? And like, don't get me wrong. Rest is important and things like that are important. Family time is important. But don't get into the habit of substituting your walk with God. Don't put it on the back seat. Don't put those quiet times in the back seat. Don't put that seeking after him in the back seat. We need to be wordly minded, guys, not worldly minded. God should be our focus and he should get our quality time. And from that relationship, he will bless you. You know, what are we desiring? This is cares of this world and the desires for, for, for things that aren't the word. What are we desiring? Are you wrapped up in the cares what are, you, what, do you, what are you looking for? The bigger job, the more money, the more success, whatever it may be. And not that these things are all wrong, but they shouldn't take the place of God. They shouldn't take the place of, you know, his t- your time with him. And if you get your relationship with God right, if you get that one-to-one right, and that, when you get into that place where it's just you and him and nothing can come into that, whether it's your, your church life, your family life, whatever, me, you're putting God first in everything, he will bless you with those things. 
but it all comes through him. The final type of ground spoken in this parable was the good ground. This was the type of ground we want to have, the type of ground that produces the fruit, the fruitful heart. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23, it says, but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Mark chapter 4, verse 20, then just read a few different versions. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100. Luke chapter 8 and verse 15 says, But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. And in the Passion, in that same verse in Luke, it says, The seed that fell into good ground... Fertile soil represents those lovers of truth who hear it deep within their hearts. They respond by clinging to the word, keeping it dear as they, uh, as they endure all things in faith. This is the seed that will one day bear much fruit in their lives. What does this heart, why does this heart produce the fruit? It desires him. It brings a multiplied harvest because it realizes the power of the seed and it trusts the process with patience. It's the seed that produces the fruit and is the word that has the power in it. That seed has the ability to multiply already in it. You know, when you plant a flower in your garden, it doesn't just become one flower. Even if it's in a pot or wherever it may be, it, it, it grows multiple flowers. The seed, has the, the seed had the power to multiply in it. When we plant the word, it will continue to multiply a harvest in our lives much more than we can imagine. Our job is to ensure that the ground is ready to receive. Check your ground, make sure that it's ready, make sure it's cultivated, make sure your heart is right, make sure your ear, your spiritual ears are open. The soil has an important purpose in housing the seed and keeping the seed nourished, but the soil has no power. If the, you don't plant the seed in the soil, the soil just stays soil. It's the seed that has the power in it. In Matthew's account, we see that the fruitful heart hears the word and understands it. We spoke about this earlier. Understanding is key. We hear it, we understand it uh, deep in our hearts, and it starts to bear witness with our spirit. Our spirit, did you ever hear something and it's your, your, your spirit's leaping up and down with joy because it's like, oh wow, like, it's like you, want, you just grab a hold of that and you start, I'm going to really go after that. that. That word's for me, that word's mine. I'm going to apply that, I'm going to see those things in my life. In Mark uh, chapter 4, in verse 20, it says the word accept. For those who hear the word and accept it, bear the fruit. The word accept means to receive willingly, to take hold of, to recognize as true and to believe. Like we said, it is not enough to just hear the word and then do nothing with it. Accept is an active verb. It requires action on our part. We need to take hold of the word, accept it as the final authority in our life before it will bear fruit. When we hear it and it gets planted in our heart, we start to accept and believe it by faith. We stand in the promises that it contains regardless of what's happening around us. In Luke chapter 8, 15, it says um, that this type of heart hears the word and keeps it and bears fruit with patience. That word patience is so important here and where so many people miss it. They take the promises of God, they plant it in their heart, and then when it doesn't work out, they throw the towel in and they're like, no, it's not working, it's not for me, I tried that, it doesn't work. 
They think the seed is the problem and they blame that. That's what they blame. People, you see it all the time. People blame God for everything that's not happening, that's not good in their life. It takes time and we must have patience to see the fruit. It takes faith in the process. Like the farmer, I think I mentioned this last week, the farmer doesn't take a seed, plant it, and then dig it up to see what's happening. Is this working? No, he plants the seed and he trusts the seed to do its job. He trusts it that in a few weeks or a few months down the line, it will produce a harvest. The farmer doesn't doubt what he's planting. We need to do the same. We, when we take the word and plant it, the first test or trial that comes, the first um, thing that the enemy throws at us, we need to withstand it. We need to know that I'm going to prove this word out. This is what the word says. I've accepted it as the final authority in my life and I'm not stepping off it. It's rooted in my heart, so no matter what comes, I'm ready. You know, I'll finish up now, guys. It tells us in John chapter 15. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's just jam-packed with a load of good things, but it says in John chapter 15 that we are to abide in him and he in us, and we will bear much fruit. If you just turn there with me real quickly, I want to show you something. From verse 7, it says, If you abide in me and my, word, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know. Like, if God's telling us, if we abide, if, we, if he abides in us, if his word abides in us and we abide in him, he will give us what we ask. And it's like, keep squeaking there. Uh, he will give us what we ask. And it's like, but you need, to, when you get to that place of closeness with God, when you've sought after him, you're really pressing into him, you get to know what God's heart is. You get to, he starts revealing things to you about his heart. And it's like, so because I've, I've often heard people say, you know, well, I've asked God for this, but he, I didn't get it. And it's like, you know, you can already tell they're not in that place where they have that closeness with God because you wouldn't ask for something that you know is not his will. You wouldn't ask for something that you know his word doesn't say. And it's like, when you get to that place of just that closeness with him and that one-on-one time with him, he begins to reveal his heart to you and then everything flows from that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. When we bear fruit, God's glorified. That should make us want to bear fruit. He's glorified in us. When people see us bearing fruit around us, it's a witness to the people around you. It's a, it, God is glorified through you when we're bearing fruit. You will be my disciples. Gosh, that's a, such a big desire of mine. I want to be a true disciple of him. Not just, you know, being a casual Christian, walking a casual Christian life, but I want to be a true disciple, really seeking after him, really putting his first, like I think I mentioned this the first night, like those disciples, those 12 disciples, they give up their life to follow him. What are we willing to give up? to follow him, to be a true disciple. 
It's called seed time and harvest. People don't, people just don't have the patience for the time part and therefore they miss it. They miss the harvest. I'll close with this. I love how it reads in Luke's gospel from the Passion Translation as well. They respond by clinging to the word. I've read this earlier. Keeping it dear as they endure all things in faith. This is the seed that will one day, one day bear much fruit in their lives. This process is all done by faith. Faith comes by continually hearing the word of God. You hear it by faith. You plant it by faith. You know, you, you're trusting him in the process by faith. You're looking after it. You're meditating it by faith. You trust the process. You wait by faith. And then you reap the harvest and the fruit by faith. It all requires faith. This type of heart responds by clinging to the word. Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse 14, it, it says, it, it tells us to cling in faith to all we know to be true. You take that word and you cling to it. You do not let it go. You stand on it, you apply it by faith, you prove it out, and it will not let you down. The word of God says it abides forever. It is sure and steadfast. Allow it to get roots deep down on the inside. Don't be like the first three types of ground and allow attacks from the enemy, lack of understanding, selfish desires come in and steal the word from you. You cling to it by faith. How do we do that? You hold fast your confession. During that season of waiting for that fruit, you quote what the word says and you do not move off it. You confess the word over your situation, whatever it may be. You confess the word over your life. This is what I mean by meditating on it. This is how you're, water, you're watering your seed. It doesn't matter what your, your circumstances or your situations are telling you. You speak the word to them. You continue to meditate on that. You, med- you always keep it in front of you, basically. You keep it in front of you. You know the word. It's planted. And when th- those things happen, straight away it starts to rise up. No, I will not accept that because your word says this. And that is how you start to bear fruit. That is how you last the wait in time. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are telling you. These are all ways that are trying to get you to doubt the word, doubt the seed that you've planted. You cling to what you know to be true. Everything in the natural is subject to change. The word of God will stand forever. He, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Stand in that truth. Remember, you hear the word, you accept it. That means you believe it to be the final authority. You can't accept that and then accept something contrary to that. It doesn't work. It can't coexist. It can't, you can't be believing God for this and then doubting it at the same time. You have to cling to what you know to be true. And in order to get to that place of when you cling to you have to accept it as the final authority. In order to accept it as, the final, as that final word in your life, it has to have got down here into your spirit. It can't be just through these physical ears. Let those who have ears, let them hear. Let your spiritual ears hear. Don't just take what you hear in church and live off what I'm telling you or what pastor's telling you, whatever else. Take that word, test it for yourself, prove it out for yourself. Like start, pick an area of your life and say, I'm going to apply my faith to this area. I'm going to stand in that scripture. I'm going to stand in that word and watch it bear fruit in your life. It, ha- it works 100% of the time. The seed is never the problem. Never the problem. The more you press into him and the closer you get to him, you will speed up the production process, but it's still a process. It is a spiritual law, just the same as a natural law. You plant a seed, it takes time for it to grow and produce. Check your ground, guys. Check your heart and get rid of any hardness, any stones or any weeds, and make sure your soil is freed up from the junk and ready to receive the word. It will produce 30, 60, and some hundred fold in your life. And 
you know, I had a wee bit more there, but I'll just kind of touch on this and then I'll close. It's like, we talked about up until this point, you know, taking the word as the seed implanted in your life, but who knows the seed that you plant, whether it's the word or not, that's what's going to come in your life. You reap what you sow. If you sow seeds of sickness, you'll reap sickness. If you sow seeds of anger, you'll reap anger. If you sow those seeds of the world, you'll reap those seeds. You need to seed, sow seeds. Think of eternity. Sow seeds of prayer. Sow seeds of love. Sow seeds for other, like that will help other people. And just watch God work. Amen? I hope that encouraged you. Um, let me just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you for this opportunity we've had to come and hear your word. We do not take that for granted, Father. Let us never take that for granted. I thank you, Father, for each and every person that's in this room and that might hear this after. But I thank you, Father, for their hearts. I thank you, Father, that they've made the first step, Father, in even being here and even tuning in to listen. They've made that first step in seeking after you. They've made that first step, Father, of going after you and wanting to know more about you and your word. Your word says, Father, it will not return void. And I thank you, Father, for the seeds that are planted in their lives, Father, that they will produce fruit. They will not get sidetracked. They will not let the things of this world, the cares of this world enter in. They will not let the enemy steal that word from them. But they will have ears to hear, spiritual ears. They will not become spiritually deaf but they will remain spiritually aware and ready to hear from you, being constantly led by your spirit. That is our desire. That is how we will grow. And help each and every one of us, Father, to be, live every day wanting to be more like Jesus. That is what our goal is. That's what our goal should be, to just exuberate him, to just radiate him. In order to do that, we need to plant that word first. We need to know what his will is for, for our lives. We need to get that word rooted in our hearts, that it cannot be uprooted. Once that word takes root, nothing can pull it out. It is the final authority. I thank you for each and every person here, Father. I thank you for the remainder of their week, that it is blessed. You keep them protected as they go about their way, Father. And I thank you for a blessed week for, the, for our church and for a great weekend coming up ahead and for everything you have in store for us, Father. I praise and I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.